0: Blog Talk Radio. criminal matter has the right to have their case heard before a judge or judicial officer of the court is entitled to a fair and public hearing by a competent independent and impartial court have strict court rules enforced such as the right of reply rules of evidence and be found innocent or guilty beyond reasonable doubt yet our most vulnerable can have their rights assets and decision-making rights removed by a public servant of the state, not a judge, in a tribunal setting that can ignore evidence and facts and determine matters as they see fit and conclude matters based on probabilities alone. Are you scared yet?
1: Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. And this is the TS Radio Network. It's a rainy night in Georgia. I swear I thought I left all of this cold, damp weather up in Minnesota, but it seems it followed me down here. (laughs) But we'll keep moving on. Uh, Tonight we've got a a different show uh, in the sense that we don't have a um, guest who is a victim of guardianship. We're going to be talking about different aspects of guardianship and how it's affecting people. And one of those ways is through the medical industry, and I call it an industry because that is exactly what it is. It is not a private endeavor. It is not anything about your health care. It's about how to make money off of you using your health against you, and we'll be talking about that. Reverend Ralph's going to chime in and update us on what he's got going on, and of course we have Elaine Mickman with us, and she'll be putting her two cents worth in about everything, which is what we want She's filling in for COS tonight COS, of course, is uh, working High Point Restaurant Their family business And if I know her, she's baking a cake somewhere But um, anyway, so we'll, we'll have her back next week um, I, Reverend Ralph, I think we're going to start out with you And why don't you give us a rundown on what's happening now
2: All right, good evening, everyone Uh, Basically, this past week has not been that pleasant. Uh, Basically, the situation is that the lawyer, uh, major lawyer for the other side, uh, has been trying to deny me total visitations to somebody that I care very much about and I've been involved with for the last uh, year and a half. And as I've talked about on the show, So it's basically another courtroom battle where one lawyer is draining the accounts of this person, which that's typical in the guardianship scam, that the lawyer uh, uses the victim's money uh, to fund his own lifestyle. And unfortunately, on the other side, the family that tries to help the victim, they're using their money, and eventually they run out of it. So it's just a matter of time before the uh, guardian, uh, the sadist, as I call him, not criminal, that's too complimentary, the sadist who enjoys the in doing pain and suffering to others, uh, it seems that these sadists, they just enjoy having that uh, power over somebody. And I think it's important to note that uh, the slaves, the slavery uh on the blacks was ended in 1863 and this should be this guardianship corruption should be looked at as the new white slavery because i estimate about 99% of these uh guardianship uh, scams are only on white people who have homes have a lot of money and this is where the prizes are for these guardians and as we know nationwide Some of these guardians can have hundreds and hundreds of victims and they just live a very very lavish lifestyle and again everybody that has gone through this guardianship corruption they know its ownership these guardians own these people body and soul and bank account and even their lives they can determine if they live or die they can determine how they're going to live and most important they can deny people uh the right to see their loved ones whether it's husband and wife children grandparents whatever and that is ownership that is slavery and that needs to be addressed by these politicians to create a bill which or a law which you know we all know these politicians are not going to do it if it uh contradicts their uh, possibility of getting some money out of it So it's basically a very, very difficult situation to see these victims' families have to go through. And basically it's, I hate to say it, but it's almost like a losing situation. It's just how long can you survive before you give up because you don't have any more money for your own lawyer to fight it. Uh, Exactly. Again, it's, it's a very, very sad situation. I have great sympathy because I've only been going through it for about a year and a half. Uh, compared to what other people have gone through for years and years. And it's, it's like you're fighting everybody. It's like constant fighting of everybody. And if you go again, if you prove the other side, the guardians and their lawyers and so forth, the judges, once you prove that they are corrupt, that they are on the take, they will send everybody after you. They will... They will do everything they can to destroy you, demonize you, make you look like you 're the devil on this earth and This is something where a lot of people think they are only ones they are the only ones that have gone through this when in fact, I have found through my own dealings with these victims' families it's it's almost commonplace it 's like part of their playbook nationwide uh, to go after these people to use them as an excuse to keep them away from their families by demonizing them. So again, you get hit from every different angle and even the people who are supposed to help you get, uh, you know, get help to help your loved one, even they are part of the scam. They're just bureaucrats and that's all basically they are. And in Pennsylvania, where I'm located, there's an excellent website. It's called PennsylvaniaCourtWatch.com, and it's all about the corruption in the various courts in Pennsylvania. Again, it's PennsylvaniaCourtWatch.com. Now, also, uh, one of the things, one of the lessons I have seen or learned is when you sign up, if for those people that are just starting into this guardianship process and so forth, if you when you have a guardian that has been signed up then the first thing you should do is get some type of simple contract with that guardian basically what you're saying is when you are hired or if you are hired you will be the only one as guardian of person or sometimes it's guardian of person and guardian of state which is very very dangerous putting the life savings of somebody into the hands of a total stranger. But basically, if it's the guardian of the person, get them to sign some type of agreement that says when they are hired, they will not hire anybody else and charge it to the victim. Because too many times these guardians, the first thing they do when they're hired, they hire a lawyer. So now that's more money being drained from the victim's account. Now, the guardians, they usually get about $100, $120 an hour, but once they sign up a lawyer, now the pot gets bigger, where it's maybe the lawyer's getting $300 to $350 an hour. So now you're not talking about $100 billed, you're talking about maybe almost $500 billed to the victim, and this is what they do. They just keep hiring more and more people, like a care manager besides the lawyer, and then... Uh, Maybe even a law firm that that lawyer works for. They get two or three other lawyers involved in any little thing that you object to. They count, these guardians count on you objecting to things that they're doing wrong just so they can bring their lawyers into it. And again, that just establishes a scam right then and there. And if the guardian refuses to sign that agreement that they will be the only one that you will be dealing with, then get rid of them when you can, as fast as possible. Do not accept them as the guardian because, like I said, this is their technique. They want to bleed as much money out of that person as possible, drain the account as fast as possible because they don't know when this person's going to die. And there's nothing worse than leaving a big pot of money there where the victim's family gets it as part of their inheritance. So it's basically a two-part process of stealing money, From the victim they're stealing money from the victim and the money that they get the family will not get as an inheritance and there's too many people and people that have been on the show have testified how their whole family's inheritance was wiped out just because it went to the uh, the uh, lawyers and the guardians and the people that they hire so It's it's something to keep in mind as far as having just a very simple two or three sentence contract that says if that guardian is hired, they will be responsible for any expenses pertaining to travel, pertaining to if they need a lawyer, that they will pay for that, not the victim. And I've seen too many times where it's assumed by the guardian that they can do this. And they just talk about, well, they have a court order. And what happens is the family just goes along with it. So it's simple little things in the beginning can really, really save you a lot of pain and suffering later on. Uh, Marty, do you want to take it?
1: Well, you know, I think one of the sickest part of this, and I've said this all along, of course this whole thing was set up by members of the bar eons ago, so you, could, you know it's corrupt from the beginning. But the idea that the victim has to pay this person, to persecute them, torment them, to to do whatever they want to do and the victim is paying for it. What kind of sick world is that? I want to know why somebody like in government hasn't looked at that and said, wait a minute, this isn't right. If you honestly or the state honestly thinks you need a guardian or a conservator, then you bring that up but you pay for it. You foot the bill for making that motion. You don't go to the person you're targeting and force them to pay you to target them. I uh, It just, or pay them to target you. I just, uh, that, that just rankles me to, to my core. Do it at your yeah, Mar- own expense if what you're doing is right.
2: Morning. yeah, yeah uh, as, and I agree with you totally, 100% on that. I, again, it's beyond comprehension that uh, when you go to a business, say you go to a restaurant and you order a tuna fish sandwich, and then you get a bill for $200, and you say, wait a minute, the tuna fish sandwich is only $5. And the person says, well, we had to truck the tuna here, that's $8. And then we had to pay the chef to cut it up, that's another $10. And then we had to use the electricity to cook it. I mean, come on, who does that? In business, your profit is what goes for expenses, it's that simple. Uh, the restaurant doesn't charge you for the rent while you were eating there. I mean, it, it's like, come on, who do you think you're talking to here, idiots? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It it's really is disgusting. And, again, I, yeah. you know, like you said, Marty, the lawyers are behind it. The lawyers are protecting it, whether it's the district yep. attorney. They know the judges. They're not going to do anything. Uh, and, again, you have the lawyers for the guardians. They're draining the money. They look at it as only a uh, uh, an ATM machine that nobody is uh, protecting. Right.
1: Yeah. It just uh, the whole thing. Elaine, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah. Oh, I sure do. <laughs> well,
3: I go ahead, girl. Do. I have a whole lot to say about this. But um, okay. Yeah. Good evening, good evening, listeners. Yeah. So I guess first I wonder how many. Um, judges and lawyers have parents that are guardians. Yeah, I'd like to know that because I could tell you a number of years ago, somebody I know, we decided to take a look at the docket for certain family court judges that were divorced because we, you know, I went through the divorce uh, place which does the same tactics and other people as well. And it's interesting that Like the one judge had about five or six entries on the docket, and then her divorce, the divorce was all final. And then, if you look at other people, we've got hundreds and hundreds, and some people well over a thousand entries, some people up to two thousand entries. And every time there's an entry, there's there's money that's being charged. You know, whether it's legal fees, filing fees, uh, end up in court. So I was just wondering. Wow, I wonder how many judges and lawyers are footing uh, the bill, hiring people if their own parent is a uh, guardian, or, or none of, the, or maybe none of their parents end up in that situation. Um, you know, this is just it's racketeering. It can't be denied. It's definitely racketeering because they're also use. You know, they're getting money from people of all sorts of various assets. You know, not just their house and properties, but people have annuities and all kinds of investments. They and you know, crossing inter uh, crossing state borders to get these monies. I mean, this is racketeering. It's a legal ambush. It's 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 a it's like a legal gang rape. You know, these people yeah. who are guardians. It's it's like a gang rape. You got a whole gang, a bunch of thugs, robbing you, and you know did. How many of these people who are guardian made that request in advance? And what would happen what would happen? Who's to say somebody needs to be guardian to begin with? Think about this. When you're when you are like um involuntarily committed or something like that, the standard is basically in a nutshell, you gotta be suicidal or homicidal, okay? That's the standard when they Commit you or you know hospitalize you to be evaluated, and as far as being guardian, who's to tell you what you can can't do? If you, how about all the people that are living homeless? I mean, are they maybe yes. they're just incapacitated? Maybe they need to all be guardianed. Oh well, maybe yes. they don't have any assets to grab, so they just leave them laying on the street on a cardboard box. So that was yes. that's an interesting uh, thought as well. Like. Why aren't they guarding every person laying on the sidewalk? I, and I don't mean that in a, in a mean way to anybody. I'm just pointing out. Yes. It seems that they're only going after people when there's assets to be had. Now, I know in Pennsylvania, you're, if you have children or, you know, a spouse, that's the first part we all know. this. first people or person that you look to is the family member Um, You you don't go stepping on the shoes, uh, you know, of the family members, you know, immediate family, you know, the children, the spouse. uh, What do they do in blocking their children? And, you know, think about this. I I hope whatever listeners are out there, think about it. You know, we think about and worry about, let's say, a child being kidnapped. We protect our children. Well, this is our parents being kidnapped, you know, yes. or your spouse or a spouse. They're kidnapping them. And it's not mm-hmm. even that they're just holding them for ransom. It's it's like, no, we tagged you. Uh, we're keeping you because we want to have you until we get all the money. And then they dispose yes. of you. And they yes. use these courts and they're using the courts and the thugs that work there Um you know, as an instrument, like all yes. they have to do is get a court to stamp something, and admit, like, who is the court? They're just people. Well, well, well they they
1: we weaponized think- the courts against us. yeah, is Absolutely. what they've done. They, they've weaponized them, and that's why they're tribunals and not courts of law. And exactly. There is a difference. Yeah. It's just a. Well, toxic, you asked. You said toxic- too about them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, why don't they get people on their door on the street? Um, Here, year before last, Sacramento put out a big PR piece about how they were looking at um, conserving, now get this, conserving all these homeless people so they could take care of them. I shot right in there. I said, oh, they're not going to take care of anybody. They're going to leave them right there on the street, Mm
3: -hmm. cold and
1: hungry, but they're all going to be getting SSI or Social Security, and they're going to make themselves the assigned payee for every one of these people. And they're going to collect oh. the money and leave those people right where they're at. And yeah. I got some nasty, nasty letters. <laughs> but not one no, of them said I was I'll wrong. Now one bet. said I was wrong. And I wrote them yeah, back and I told mean, them that, too. You didn't say no I was wrong. You just, yeah. See, there's
3: no But that was the plan. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if somebody makes a choice, Let's say uh, somebody makes a choice that this is how they're going to live. Okay. Who is the system to come in and decide that they're going to guardian you? You you really have to basically be homicidal or, you know, in the sense, suicidal. And I don't think anyone yeah. really pays attention to that much. If somebody wants to live and and not take care of themselves, that's a shame. I'm not saying it's okay. Yeah. But Who is the system to come in and decide? And so, like you know, in all these other in all these cases I hear about, it's their own family member being kicked aside, forced away from their own family's relationship, and just all in the name of money. And it's horrible. And I'll tell you. Well, you know, a lot of these people
1: because they Mm -hmm. they do have Mm -hmm. estates. Have done estate planning and I think every law firm that has conned people into buying estate plans should be sued for fraud because these are not airtight in a probate Mm -hmm. tribunal that hearing examiner can toss all of that aside and say we're not going to abide by that we're going to do this instead and that's right down to who inherits
2: so it's a matter of yes go ahead Okay, sorry, it's kind of hard when to, you know, I try to cut in, you know, when there's silence. Uh, Yeah, um, you had been talking about, Elaine was talking about, uh, you know, what it means to be suicidal and so forth. Yes, in Pennsylvania, there are no standards or requirements as to what an evaluation is that these quack psychologists give to determine incapacitation. And I learned this, and I tore apart... A uh, quack, again, psychologists I feel are quacks. All they are is paid listeners. that's all they are, just paid listeners. <laughs> Their so-called advice has no bit of accuracy. it's a toying cost. Mm. Anybody can give an opinion, and it may work and it may not work, but not at 200, 300 dollars an hour by these psychologists. But anyway, uh, there's one quack psychologist that I became familiar with. Uh, his evaluation was only about two hours. Charged a person four thousand dollars for it, and I tore it apart in court because I got him to admit that there nothing about his evaluation had any accuracy, uh, did not have any proven independent accuracy to any parts of his evaluation, and I don't know how people can be judged incapacitated by an evaluation. That never was proven in any way to be accurate for doing such a drastic thing, which was or which would be taking a person's life and assets away from them, for the, until the day they die. And it's important to note that these evaluations uh, are basically just anything anybody wants, any psychologist wants to throw into it as a test. Now, also, what's important because of my 41 years doing lie detection testing, the fact is those psychologists never record audio or video. They never audio or videotape the sessions with the person. Now, that's important because if they're going to make claims saying that a person did or did not say something a certain way or a person uh, could not do something, of certain paper and pencil tests they don't have any documentation to prove they ever got the evaluation. It's that simple.
3: And this is hey, where how, I have raised.: How about this one? Okay, so Reverend Ralph and Marty and listeners, so um, I'm trying to think how many years ago. It could have been eight years ago. I'm, you know, I don't have the exact date. But um, my ex-husband or his attorney tried to get guardianship of me, and this was in divorce. So here's the, first of all, the interesting thing is the petition stated they wanted to get some sort of, like, injunction. And then in the alternative, so if they can't win this way, we want to grab the assets the other way, through guardianship. So it spells it out quite clear that we're going to use anything to steal the assets. But here's what they did. They attached an evaluation and they got a psychiatrist to write up, um, I'm just using generic words here now, a crazy report on me. And this is a doctor who I never met, never saw, never, you know, never spoke with this person. I wouldn't know him if he was standing in front of me now. He just wrote it up and he wrote on the very first page, he said, it is unethical to be writing an evaluation on someone that they never met, soul spoke with or anything, but, you know, just the same. He said, I'm going to retitle it and call it assessment. So is there any difference really between evaluation and assessment? So he writes up, you know, picks out one from every chapter in the, in, in the DSM-5 or, <laughs> you know, something yeah. like that, you know, one 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 crazy, I'm, uh, um, I don't mean it as any offense to anyone suffering with anything, but I'm just saying, in so many words, picks out one from every category, uh, every chapter to, you know, say I'm nuts. And what he did was he said, he's going to look at the divorce docket. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not the docket. Uh, my ex-husband's attorney sent him some different uh, petitions that were in the family court. And anything I, let's say, I didn't win on, like they denied me, they're going to use that, uh, he'll use that to determine. So now we're talking about, let's say, if you want to consider it a lawsuit or, you know, something. uh, Ex-husband didn't pay me support money for uh, a year. Oh, the court did not enforce it, so she's obviously nuts. This is the kind of nonsense they were doing. Well, um, anyway... I went and filed a uh, licensing board complaint with the Department of State and they end up telling me that they dismissed the complaint, they let him off the hook because he didn't actually get the guardianship of me. So they said, well, he didn't do any damage to you. I'm thinking, wow, how about all the people who didn't file a complaint? How about all the people who didn't, you know, argue this in court and prevail? Oh, this doctor just writes up anything he wants and gets away with it. Um, and I might note <laughs> um, there was another. There's another person. There's another um, investigative person who has a book coming out this summer. And it, and I gave. They have these records. I you know certain things are redacted, but they have these records that will be you know some of this stuff will be referenced in that book. This is the kind of stuff that goes on. So I understand Reverend Ralph complains about, oh, it's not independent. Well, independent, I wasn't even evaluated, and they just wrote up crazy stuff. I, by yeah. the way, during the divorce stuff, they made the whole family get all kinds of evaluations, which is another common thing, and it's another way to run up thousands and thousands of dollars of bills. You know, so it's half the same tactics are in the family courts they don't bring in one person it's a whole team and that particular psych that was a psychologist um who was court ordered and you know if you didn't fill out all the forms the way he liked he just filled it in for you you know wrote stuff down and um he he made me sign a contract and i didn't want to sign it why should i have to it was court ordered it was a contract that makes you waive your HIPAA rights and he's allowed to expose anything in there to anyone that you aren't allowed to sue him for anything. And I didn't want to sign it. Well, it ends up done before a judge and I was threatened to go to jail. So I was forced to sign a contract, forced. It was a court ordered, but then I was signed, forced to sign a contract as well. And not just for me on behalf of my children. So these people... They are so corrupted, it, there's no yeah. description for it other than complete, deliberate corruption. It's all money racketeering. That, that's the short of it. That's the long yeah. of it. It's same okay. um, table. Go ahead.
1: We've got a go caller ahead. here. Uh, I think yeah. I know yeah. who this is. Uh, area code
0: 614. Hello. Hello, Marty.
1: Yeah, there you are. <laughs> there you Hello. are. Uh everyone, this is from Chris. Um uh, yeah, from Australia. And on with us, Chris, is Reverend Ralph and Elaine Mickman. She's co hosting with guys. me tonight along with the Reverend. So um uh, and Chris is gonna be updating us on what's going on in Australia regarding all of this. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm listening in. I'm listening in and it it's a mirror system really. Um, it's just exactly what 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 you're experiencing, what Americans are experiencing under guardianship. There, it was exactly what we're seeing here. Although in our case, it's the state, so it's I believe it's far more dangerous. We don't our our state or our government should be protectors of our rights, and uh, what we're seeing is far from that and it is a state-run system and we've been as as you know with your help marty and and nasgar and others we've been um our little group has been um trying to expose this for quite some time and we've had some successes and other advocates as well in other areas have you know promoted it as well which is good and um you know everyone's sort of doing their part in their own way articles and so on but it is really tough and um asgar has obviously have Experience that hardship, and how hard it is to get the stories out to the media, into the media, and um, and other advocates in the same area are experiencing the same problems. Um, it, it, look, we've changed our whole sort of motto. Um, we were finding, as you know, Marty, we were we were less, you know, exposing the system and more trying to sort of stamp out all the individual fires and all the individual problems we were seeing. Um, it's been really really um, difficult um, and we've uh, had to pause our Facebook group we still we still have two groups we still have community pages and we're getting that out and we're pumping out all that information which is good the problem that we had with the group it was whilst there were lots of good articles and, um, and, and and lots of communication we couldn't control the site we had comments coming in, we had, you know, constantly cleaning or revamping or changing and it was actually a 24-7, you know, you, know, seven, you know, 24-7 job and Genevieve who's been running, you know, all the social media for us because I just don't have time, um, she was finding it really, really difficult. I was finding it really, really difficult. We've got, you know, Maria and, um, and Julia and others who are helping people individually and myself in hearing. So it really turned out to be, um, you know, a 24-7 job. And we've said, well, what are we doing wrong here? And we need to get the information out. Our role is to educate and inform in Australia. Because if no one believes you, when we tell people that this is happening, and I, and I think that's the same the same issues happening in America as well and, and elsewhere, there's always an excuse. Like, oh, there must be a reason for the state to step in or there must be a reason. And no, it, once you're in it, you see that, like like you know the probate courts in america these matters are not heard in a courtroom which we are fighting for we are really trying to push matters in a proper court arena because we do have some justice once we see in australia these matters go to a courtroom and federally particularly we do see some really good decisions the problem that we're having is that these matters and it's not we're not attacking individual members I've seen cases where members have made the right decision. It's not about individual members. It is about a tribunal system that is so open to abuse that if you're the state government, you just remove the good members and you put these, you know, rubber stampers we call them, and they just rubber stamp that you know that this person's placed under guardianship. And in some cases, people do need protection. They do need a guardianship order. But this is where you see the problem: good family members. Who should be allowed to look after their loved ones, regardless of conflict or or any other reason, they should be allowed to continue to looking after their children or their their grandparents or their parents. They're being denied that right because that there's competition to take over your loved one. There's financial reasons in Australia, whether it's an inheritance, compensation. Or even if you don't have money, and I've had this said to me often, and many of our advocates have I've heard the same, but I don't have any money, why, why are they interested in me? Well, you are a cost to the system. And, you know, you actually, actually accessing hospital or justice or educational costs or court systems or legal aid or what have you, you actually start a chain of events. That just adds cost and cost and cost to the state. Now if you're the state and you can control that individual's decisions via a guardianship order and then you multiply that by ten, twenty thousand people in each state, well you've just saved millions of dollars to the state, denying them their right to access care and justice and education, what have you. So they sell these you know, wonderful grants and um pensions and allowances in Australia. Look, look at us, we're so great. But they've got this system running in the background that takes off that takes over and look, we've got the message out. Lots of us have have, have have explained this system time and time again. But no one believes you until you're in it. And when you're in it and I've had this, you know, always the disbelief when the first person's caught under guardianship, Oh, they've made a mistake you know, once I go into that tribunal probate court, you know, the judge will see, or the member, it's not a judge in Australia, the member will see the error of their ways and reverse the decision. And then they find they're just down that rabbit hole and there's no escape. The system you know, in Australia hasn't been designed to escape. And lawyers come in and everyone feeds off this system. So if you've saved any money, well, that's gonna go. And anyone who challenges the system, they'll throw you into a courtroom to, um, to, to drain you of your money. And it's, it's just this never-ending circular motion trying to get out. And look, I, I, look, the other day, you know, one of our members, um, she's fighting for her right to be the, her, her young adult son's guardian. She's a good mum there's no allegations against it why has the state stepped in why is the state stepping in when there is a parent a good mother okay and I see this all the time looking after their disabled children why are they being removed as carers any reason divorce uh, the neighbor the dog God anyone can can step in and give offer an opinion and you've you've been removed as a parent. This is it's extraordinary. It, it's unbelievable that this is actually operating, and to think for decades this has been going on in Australia and worldwide. We have now touched base with advocates in Italy, in Canada, in Norway. Um, you name it, we've had that, and it's not just happening. But it's this this really, I think great you know i think the americans i love you guys because you have you know freedom of speech and you can really expose this and if it wasn't for Nasgar and marty and 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 i I, when we we started asgar we didn't know what we were witnessing and if we weren't told by you know advocates in america what was happening i wouldn't believe it and I've seen the tribunal systems. Tribunals are great for first world problems, warranties and so on. They work when when there are no conflicts of interest to the state. Um, But when there is a financial gain or a benefit to the state or federally, um, and we've been shooting off emails to the Attorney General and to to various um, departments the last couple of months only to be met like, we can't intervene, it's a state matter. You know, they're, well they're using federal money. They're using NDIS money to capture young people. NDIS is a disability scheme. It's an insurance scheme um, designed to help the vulnerable. But in, in effect, basically what it is is all the money is being used to fund support workers in many, many cases to keep these people trapped in these group facilities. and I don't call them group homes, they're not a home, they're facilities, they're institutions, and these aged care institutions. And they're forced there, and they're kept there against their will, and least restrictive alternatives like a family member, or living at home, or you know, these people having the option to live their life in their twilight years is being denied to them, because there's money there's lots of money to be made. This is human trafficking. It's slavery. It's whatever. It's regardless of your color, your race, your religion, your creed, your age. We see, we see everybody, whether you're you know, an atheist or a Christian or Jewish or Muslim or Asian or, or black or white or young or old, They'll get you if you have, if you're a cost of the system in this country, or you have money, or you have an inheritance, or there's anything there that the state can make, and our states are broke. um, Particularly if you own a house, um, they'll get you, and they're very, very good at it. and And it's not we've walked away from attacking individual people involved in the system. It's the system that needs to be looked at. It's, it's we're not going to get anywhere by. Um, targeting and, and I had one one particular person um, send me a list of all VCap members and all their addresses and I thought no we don't do this we're looking at a system we're not targeting individuals we're not targeting individual members that's not who we are we're about exposing an abusive system like what's happening in America and it is the tribunals that, that enforces it is the guardians there's the trustees, and there's all their little, little hang ons that, that benefit from that capture, whether it's a hospice or whether it's um, an individual worker. They're all feeding off you. And until people wake up and, and realize this is real and it is happening, we're just going round and round in circles, Marty.
1: Yeah, I've, everybody, I'm back. I got bounced clear out of the system, shut my computer down, Somebody don't like us talking. Anyway, uh, <laughs>
3: hey, can Marty, can i make a Hey, can I make a remark yeah. um, in response? I think it's interesting that, like, um, whenever somebody goes to report something, like Reverend Ralph has made reports, like, to, I guess, the district attorney or FBI or whoever he did, the first thing they do is they start saying, oh, we can't intervene with this. Yet the very reason that you're stuck in this is because somebody intervened and stepped into your life or family that wasn't invited, that you don't need. So they have this double standard when it comes to intervening. The, the, The state or government, however you call it, they intervene and butt in and come into your life to take the assets, but when you ask for help, the first thing they say is, oh, we can't intervene. We can't get involved because you're the government. We can't step into your private thing. It's not private because the government already attacked you and took control. Yes. So what a double standard. Double standard. Well, you know, we talked
1: about this when when I was first in this, and I'm burning up the phone, right? you calling this person and that agency and so on. And what I found out was it's a hamster wheel. Yeah. You called the police department. The police department said, yep. oh, we can't do it. You need to go to the sheriff's department. So I went to the sheriff's department. Oh, we can't do anything about it. You need to go to the secretary of state. They can't do anything about mm-hmm. it. They sent you to consumer affairs. They can't do anything about it. And then you called, who was the last one I called? Uh, the legal offices for the state and the the DOJ for the state. And I said... You know, this is going, I need to, Well, oh, you need to call the police. <laughs> what? Yeah,
3: sent you right back where what? you started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So, but um, I, I just find it strange that everything blew up here, just boom. And, um, but I'm getting better at this stuff. I got I got back on. But um, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Chris, are you making any headway over there in Australia?
0: Yeah, well, we're trying. Look, what we're doing is we've changed our um, whole motto, okay? It's, it's, um, it, it's, a, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult system. We hear it all. We hear it. Um, it it's so difficult to navigate, and I think it's, by, it's all by design. It's, it's designed to frustrate. It's designed to stop talk. Um, it's designed to, um, to, to to give up. You know, we're fighting a yeah. system that, that forces us to give up. And a lot of people, many, many, many are frightened. Many are frightened. One what, what of the things that we have here, we have, we have um, um, an issue, and many members tell me this, complaints would be used against them. What they were doing on our group, on our, our group page, people were complaining. And the guardians were coming in and taking snapshots and using it against them in tribunals. That's the reason why we paused the group. It wasn't serving the purpose that we wanted to do. So we've got the Facebook group going now. We've changed everything. So what we're doing is we've got two community pages that keeps members, you know, abreast of the information that's going on out there. We've revamped our website. So we have now a blog on there which allows people to anonymously comment. So we'll start up an article. For example, we today, one of our first articles was um, uh, basically um, on on parents losing their child uh, to the system. You know, when a parent loses um, their child to the guardianship system, that's one of our first articles. And why did we post that article? Because it's a common thing that we're seeing now. When we first started ASGAR, it was the public trustee, the elderly being targeted for their money. We're seeing now young adults at the age, eight, turning 18, being targeted by guardians because of the cost and because of this insurance scheme that has put a target on their back. And families are thinking, wow, we've got assistance by the federal government not knowing that the state guardianship system steps in and takes over from these vulnerable people. And it's quite really scary to think that as a, as a mother that... The state can step in and you've done absolutely nothing wrong other than be an advocate a good advocate for your son or daughter That the state can step in and say sorry we're taking over and I had a lady call me in the other day and it really they're starting now even earlier on her her daughter 16 years of age um, anorexia went to hospital the mother obviously being the natural guardian was removed by the hospital via a treatment order And she called me up and she said, how can they do this? I mean, my daughter's not even 18 yet. So we've got this grey zone now between 16 and 18 where the hospital can just step in, place a treatment order, and they're in a waiting room. I call it the waiting room. Once that girl hits 18 or turns 18, bang, the guardian will step in. They'll apply. I've seen them on the 18th birthday knock on the door of a parent and remove the child from the home. I think that is... To me, this is stuff that you, you heard in, in the war. I mean, when, when governments just... You know, when there were no rights, just stepped in and just took over. And yet, that's what's happening. And uh, it's real. Um, it is happening. We are lucky that we have the internet. We have the ability of blogs and everything else that can keep this going. I think... I think it's it's... it's look, one day, we're on the right side. We're on the good side here. One day this will all just be, you know, really talked about. I mean, it's talked about now in regards to Britney Spears, but really it'll be exposed, and people like slavery, and I'll say, how did this happen? You know, how was this allowed to happen? It was because our governments are doing this, and our governments should be protecting our human rights. That's their role. Their role is to protect their citizens, not run a business in targeting their citizens. So when you have a government that can profit from the capture of a person or save money from that from that angle, then you have a conflict of interest. So protecting us as citizens is, is, is secondary to making money or saving money. And that's what's happening in Australia in every state. And the federal government's aware of it and they sit back and people wonder why are they allowing this to happen? Well, they gain too, and it it really just follows the money. Vulnerable people often are economically uh, unviable to the government. They actually are often a cost. And when governments view you as a cost to the system, that's the problem that you have. That's what we're seeing. And if you have assets, well, you may live longer because they, they need to drain them. But that's all that we're seeing. Now, we're not against guardianship. Guardianship is a... You know, we will all decline. Some of us won't. Some of us will die suddenly. Some of us will have our faculties right till the day we die. Others won't. And that's okay. Guardianship and administration should not be a dirty word. Who becomes your guardian? Who supports you? That's what's up for grabs. And that's what we see in these hearings. I've sat in a hearing, many hearings, uh, where the state is playing the the violin of the saviour and there's a family member that looks a little bit suspect or a neighbor or whatever and that vulnerable person is the one that loses out i've seen it all marty i've seen it in, i've yeah. seen people change wills as they're dying i've seen it all i've seen the government yep. change wills legal documents i've seen them all no one is safe young or no, old they, they are they're not and safe it's a system. and
1: the thing is if you've got documents they just simply toss them aside um, Ralph, Elaine, what do you think about all this? Hi, this is yeah, Robert
3: so Ralph. I think they have to. They need to ab. They, abo- they have to abolish the guardianship. Now, turn the clock yeah. back. My when my grandmother, my mom's mom, was older, uh, she just lived with us. My in-laws, my uh, ex-husband, his his grandfather lived with them. And and we're not talking about poor people. You know, if, if one of your grandparents died... Uh, you know, you don't want the, uh, other, the grandparent to live by themselves or, you know, be, be with family. You, they live with us. They live with you. It's your family. It's, I'm not saying they have to. You can make the choice to go somewhere if you choose. No, they, they have no business, uh, uh, selling you off to some stranger. Now I'm against it. I, they gotta get rid of it. It's, it's all racketeering. That's, that's yeah. my position.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, Ralph. Ralph, sorry. Yeah, Hi, it's Reverend Ralph. Uh, Marty, you had mentioned about the uh, hamster wheel, about calling all these uh, uh, law enforcement agencies. And the one answer I always get is they say it's a civil matter. It's always a yes. civil matter. And again, it's all about bureaucrats. They, they're so lazy. They don't want to do anything but just pass it along, push it away because they know there's paperwork. And when five o'clock comes, they can go home, and well, that's what their job is. They think, but uh, the again, it's it's there's it's just so complicated, and it's a disease. This guardianship is a disease that people don't yeah. know how painful it is until it actually happens. And I, I right. stopped counting. I stopped yeah, counting the up. number of people. I, I, disagree it, Sybil.
3: I, disagree, it's civil. I disagree. It's kidnapping. Oh, I know. I know. That's a crime. Yeah. It's kidnapping. That is a crime. You know, these people, their parents or spouses are being kidnapped. If they're being held without, you know, against their will and you're their family and you can't see them or they're or limiting your access and things like that and they take them to some location away from where they live or with you. That's kidnapping. It is a crime. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. Okay. No, no, Elaine, mm-hmm.
2: I, 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 maybe I didn't make it strong enough. I am not saying it's civil. I'm saying those law enforcement agencies that you go to, like the district attorney's office or the attorney general's office, they are the ones that say it's a civil matter as their excuse for not doing anything. They are the right. ones that keep calling mm-hmm. it civil. Okay? I, I want to make sure that was clearly understood. But also, you have to start at step one, which is this evaluation, which, you know, I say it time and time and time again, in Pennsylvania, there are no standards or requirements as to what an evaluation is. And I have seen too many of them, and it doesn't matter how long they are. It could be 10 minutes or it could be two hours. It's the psychologist that convinces the court, oh, they have a Ph.D., that's number one they brag about, and number two is they say, oh, they've worked for people with dementia or whatever for five years, ten years, and that impresses the court, so that's why they're accepted as an expert. And as somebody said to me uh, a couple of months ago, also in Pennsylvania, there are no standards as to what a person can claim to be an expert in dementia or Alzheimer's. So it's basically if the person just says, "Oh, I've worked with these people," that to the court says, "Oh, they must be an expert." And again, at, I'm looking at this report that was done on somebody, and I won't read the whole thing, but I, I, I find it interesting that this person only spent one hour with somebody, charged a thousand dollars, and with all those couple of paper pencil tests they gave and so forth. This is a PhD who said, and again, I'm just going to read the first couple words. I do not believe, I do not believe, and my conclusions are made with a reasonable degree of scientific certainty. Now, does that sound like a PhD expert who knows what he's doing when he just says, it's my opinion? Hey, I have my opinion, too. Uh, If somebody's living with that person 24 hours a day, aren't they more of an expert on that person's abilities or disabilities than somebody who walks in as a perfect stranger Speaks uh, Spends an hour Two hours with the person And then comes up with this report That's going to change this victim's life For the rest of his life I think that's crockery It's just plain
1: Reverend, let, me, let me say something
2: here um, the, the
1: whole idea behind this Is everything about psychiatry And psychology It's all based on observation There are no scientific tests To back any of this up Agreed. None of it. Agreed. So you you are dealing with one human being assessing another. They're bringing their own biases. They're bringing their own prejudicial thoughts. Their immediate reaction to that person, do they like or dislike them? All of these things come into play in a lot of others. But nothing they produce in that court or that tribunal can be substantiated in science. None of it. Well, like, it's I like my disorder. They say, "Oh, you've got not. a chemical imbalance." There is nothing to prove that. Nothing. That's an assumption. That's an assumption. So we and the, and the oh. idea that these okay. people can go in there and say whatever they want is just and no evidence that what they're saying has any sliver of truth in it. It's just another part of this whole thing that is honestly. Whoever came up and, with this was brilliant
3: in their own way. But you but, know what, Marty ahead. and and Reverend, Mel, they're taking somebody's liberty away when yes. they are guarding them. They're, it's no different. It's just it's it's very similar to putting them in a prison, if you want to call the, uh, uh, you know, a guard, some nursing home or something. And when you put somebody in prison and convict them, it has to be guilt beyond the shadow of a doubt. So they need to have evidence beyond the shadow of a doubt to put you in prison. So why is it that they can go put somebody in some home or wherever, you know, when they're guarding you, without even a shadow of a doubt? If, if It's their opinion or something of that nature. It should have to be scientific, 100% proven. And I yeah. can tell you, in Montgomery County, uh, the standard, the person used to have to come into court, you, you know, be sitting in front of that judge to be viewed, uh, you know, he, it couldn't just be some piece of paper written up. I don't know right. at what point they changed it, but yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, but I think this, yeah. this is a, this is, this is a criminal this is no different. They have no business calling it civil because it is—you are being treated like a criminal, and they're not allowing you the standards that are applied for criminal. Yet they're taking your liberty, they're taking your assets, and they're treating you like a criminal. It's like civil forfeiture and going to prison at the same time. And well, all that keep is telling criminal. people.
1: I keep telling mm-hmm. people this is a tertiary prison system. This is exactly what this is. These people are prisoners. I I don't care how you come at it, how you think about it, what you think it is, these people have been made prisoners. When you're deemed to be a ward of the state, you are a prisoner of the state. So, you know, words have meanings, as an old friend of mine used to say. They have meanings. Look up those words. To be a ward means you are owned. You are the property of. The state, I just don't, and then when you go to the doctor's office, especially when you reach a certain age, and I know I've been there, um, but one of the things they try to do to you is when you come in, they hand you a paper, and it says, I've been depressed, I feel bad, my head hurts, I feel you know good, bad, or better, Um, you rate it, and then they add this all up and they come up with a score and that tells them what medications they're gonna give you for the problems you don't have. <laughs> and I won't fill those out. So then they'll send the nurse in and um, well, I'm gonna ask you a few questions. Aren't those the same ones that are on that paper? Well, yeah, but we need to, I'm not here for that. I have an earache. Look at my ear. The second thing a set of trap questions. Marty, I'm gonna uh, give you three words. And I want you to remember them, and then we're going to have a little talk, and then I'm going to come back and ask you what those three words were. Now, the three words are not related to one another. They have nothing to do with each other. So mentally, you wouldn't organize them in a way to make you understand, and they don't mean anything anyway. So (laughs) they talk about, you know, the moon is blue and blah, 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 and they come back. What were the three words? I don't know. Don't care. Oh, (laughs) she has short-term memory problems.
0: No, you just handed
1: me a pile of BS, and I walked through it. Okay, <laughs> the second one is draw a clock. Why?
0: I want you to draw a clock. Yeah,
1: I saw, okay, I'll draw a clock. Now make it say 10 after 11. I said, it's on a piece of paper. It can't talk. It can't say anything. And <laughs> you know what I mean. Are you upset? Don't get smart with me. You seem like you're upset. Are you upset? <laughs> and the more they start this stuff on me, the lower I make my voice. Are you having a problem here? You seem uncomfortable.
2: Um, do you have a headache? And, <laughs> but I never... Yep, have, psych- but
1: these are trap questions. Go ahead, Ralph.
2: Psychoanalyze yeah. psycho- uh, psycho- them. Yeah, it's it's true. They count on, they want you to get mad, and then they think that, oh, now they're superior to you because you Mm -hmm. have some problem. And I want to bring up another point, too. We're talking about incapacitation. What's interesting is in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, there are these broad general um, conditions to say whether or not a person's incapacitated. But the problem is, That does not, whatever evaluation they use, these psychologists, they do not address the issue of does that person still have common sense and does the person know right from wrong. That determines whether or not a person needs to be guardianized or not. I mean, if they walk outside and it's winter in bare feet. Yeah, they really don't know what's going on. Or uh, putting a metal fork in a toaster, if your toast is burning, you're going to get electrocuted. And those are the things that I'm fighting now, saying, look, okay, you use some broad legal definition, but that doesn't mean the person uh, will walk out in the street in traffic or something like that. And again, it deals with the least restrictive way of having a person kept from harming themselves. And, I right. and again, yeah. these are PhDs who don't think of that. I think that's really bizarre that they don't think that that's important in an evaluation. And, and have, you,
1: have you ever noticed that a lot of these people that you talk to, Chris, I know you've run into this, if anybody's lost their mind in the conversation, it ain't you. You're talking <laughs> to people
2: who, <laughs> who absolutely,
1: it's like <laughs> they fell off the wagon a long time ago. And they're still balancing, and um mm-hmm. but i if I'm hit with that a lot of times these people if you think I'm hurt, you ought to listen to you
0: and it is frightening, mother isn't it? It is um yes, it is. listening to the to the capacity issues. Why has it become a crime to lose capacity anyway? I mean, we deal with people yes. that never never that they were born with an incapacity why does the state have to step in why do they need a guardian why can't we look at least restrictive options and say okay we have a gentleman here he has dementia okay where is he at risk well he's at risk of his money he can still decide where he wants to live and who he wants to be with and is he happy and what he wants to do and they can make you know choice you know it's this black and white approach you either have capacity or you don't it doesn't work that way anyway When it comes to memory, I mean, you know, my memory when I was younger, you know, was like I could pretty much photographic. I mean, now, I mean, my memory's still good, but it's not like when I was younger. Does that mean I need a guardianship order? Of course not. Um, It's exactly what Reverend Ralph said. I mean, I'm not putting myself in harm's way and I can assess my risk. (laughs) Why do I need a guardian? Anyway, I might need somebody to manage paying my bills or holding my, you know, titles or what have you. But I have children. I can do, I can open up a box at the bank and keep all my important documents there. And if I can show that I'm not at risk, why do I need someone to come in and charge me 25% of my income to, to do something that I can do on my own or, or have some yep. support? And then they'll say, oh, but you can't trust your family. Well, you can't trust the public guardians either or, or the trustees and they're, <laughs> they're just as bad. You know, you're, you're sort of going from yep. one angle you know, they, they talk about the, the greedy children. Well, let me tell you, I haven't seen a benevolent society or a charitable society when the government steps in either and it's just a business. And it's, uh, it, is, it is a... It, look, I think this is the way of the world where we're going. We yeah. are a resource. We are a yes. human resource and guardianship is the means to control that resource and your yes. assets and how you live your life. That's all it is. And the government yep. has worked out a way with the propaganda, and it is propaganda. You start, we see it all the time, oh, they're saving them from the greedy children or they're saving them from whatever, but they're not telling you that, that you know, you're not being saved in effect. You're just being transferred. transferred you're being transferred you. to the state. Yep. And, and what's happening is your trans- identity has being transferred. It. Yeah
1: if the kids are you know worried about their inheritance that's their inheritance let them worry about it uh that's just, just the way I got, it. That's just i've a got my thing. house
0: yeah my kids i want my kids to get it i don't want i do not want and i've put this on record and i've made a living will as well i do not want under any circumstances the government involved in my affairs neither does you know, you know my partner or anybody uh-huh. that I know around me, actually. And if I have one rat bag of a child, well, let, let the court allow the other two to look after me or what have you. Why do they all have to be removed and right. are some stranger 100 kilometers away who has never often, will never visit me, doesn't even know my proper name, doesn't know anything about my culture and my beliefs, all of a sudden has reclaimed has claimed my identity and uses my name and my legal identity to take over my personal decisions, my financial and my medical, whether I live or die. People just don't get right. it. What I eat, what I, what I wear, who I see, where I live, what tablets I make, my wills, my inheritance, my money, okay, my death. I might have a particular way I want to be buried. They can cremate me. Who? Who? What is going on here? That this has been allowed yeah. to happen, and it's exactly. worldwide. And it's I, not just in Australia; it's worldwide.
2: Yes, this it is. is Reverend yes, Ralph. It
1: is. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, what, what's interesting, I think, and Marty, you have touched on this before, that if a person's forty years old or fifty years old and they lose their car keys, okay, everybody loses things. But if you're 75, oh, you got dementia. You can't remember where your car <laughs> keys are. And, and another point is everybody, based on the definition, everybody should be guardianized because everybody forgets. It's a normal yes. human process. And the one group that always forgets, lawyers, because lawyers always use legal pads, those yellow legal pads. So doesn't that prove if they can't remember things, they need a guardian? <laughs> End of go. story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I think, I think I think I
0: think, I think, I think, I think, I think I've met some really, we're, we're lucky. We've got some really good lawyers, human rights lawyers, that have really pushed this and said, no, this is wrong. I think what's Should. happened, and I don't know if it's the same... I don't know if it's the same in America, but we've got some enough spoken to them, and they've mm. said, this is horrible, this shouldn't happen, da-da-da. It's Eastern... Actually, one actually called it Eastern Bloc, you know, Europe laws. And I thought, yeah, well, that's probably true. Now, there are many in the legal profession that, that are up against this and saying, no, it's wrong. But who do they report mm. to? All it those is. lead to Rome in Australia... State bodies, So they have state bodies that tell lawyers that, 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 that control their licenses and if they step out of bounds which is you know, usually the state's laws and we know this is a state run racket and we're seeing this with medical bodies here and we're seeing this with the lawyers, we're seeing this with every single institution, all roads lead to the state and if you don't mm-hmm. play ball and you start talking about guardianship abuse, well guess what gets revoked? you're licensed to practice and yeah. one lawyer said to me i agree with you chris everything you say is right and we've spoken to you know queen's king's council and they agree but if they step out of line what happens they can't practice. Yeah. their income has so so the, this is a state-run system the fish rots at the head Okay? Yeah. And the head is the state. I blame, I don't blame anyone else. I blame our legislative arm of government. Pure and simple. They've been able to hijack the judiciary, the separation of powers here. By Bem-air. bypassing all the matters from a courtroom that follow court rules, the Evidence Act and allows you to appeal to a higher court if need be and create precedent And they've deflected all of that to a tribunal. A tribunal uh-huh. that you know, they can act and do anything they want because and the tribunals they were yep. created for that. The tribunals yep. were created, you know, for cheap justice, and to then the government.
1: They were created to avoid the law. That's why.
0: Yep.
1: And uh,
0: we that have is. attorneys
1: here, too, that have tried to come out and do the right thing. They disbar them. They trash them in the media. They invent false stories about them ruin their practice, run them out of business, um, they'll absolutely destroy them for going against the Bar Association. And, um, they will. It, it's they the, it's will. A yeah. and, and I think is that's what it really
0: did. sad. Yeah. But, well, it's sad that you're in a profession, and I'm an accountant, so imagine now we don't see much you know in the CPA, you know, in that sort of form involved in that, they're not really well well they should be because it's about money but they're not really relevant in that sort of area it is really the lawyers that have been controlled the politicians that have been controlled I mean we had politicians last year you know knocking on Asgard's door saying oh we'd like to you know work with this silence now silence Um, we went to the Disability Royal Commission we were there for a few weeks actually in Sydney and um, to actually see uh, the public guardians and the public trustees there live, you know, acting like you know they're doing you know the, you know one one guardian one one guardian actually live on air could not count how many guards they had under this system.
1: Oh wow! I mean
0: that should frighten. Me. They so they didn't know in a whole state they didn't have a ledger of who's been guardian. Of. this is how secretive. This is how um well, you know, see, imagine Chris, now not knowing how many see, people or their names oh
1: see that's the same way here they say well we we don't have any statistics on it you have statistics on everything yeah. else um and don't
0: well, we have nothing in, in this area this is
1: intentional that they do not collect any information there are no databases on this nothing this yeah. is intense so they can say well we we just don't know because you know we don't have any information and we can't afford, no, but we can afford to, for all of you to take a jet ride and, you know, get drunk. We can afford yeah. that. Um,
0: but and I said, they know, can track everything just, else. They can, they can track you yeah. now. They can, they can pinpoint where your IP address is. They know what you're doing. They know I'm in Melbourne. They know you're in, you know, you know in America, blah, blah, blah. But they can't pinpoint who's under their guard and what money's got. That's rubbish. Yeah. They're, they're telling yeah. an accountant that, that they can't track. Them. I'm thinking absolute rubbish. You can stock take yep. a pin if you want in this, in this day yep. and age. And, um, you know, we're, they're stock. And when you look at it, they're running it like a business. And, um, you know, yep. any business that you'll know, you know, stock goes on the wayside. This is, this, these are people. These are human beings
3: that we're yes. talking
0: about treated like cattle. Um, they, yes. It's not a crime. You, you should not be frightened have a disability you should not be frightened to age you should not be frightened to, to seek medic, a medical opinion on, a, on any illness people are now um, you should not be frightened at all and so what if you're declining okay let's put something in place why don't they if there is a suspicion why don't they come in and say okay let's um, put some protective measures in place Mum and dad's property titles are Over here, no one can touch them. They don't have to charge any fees to do this. Um, We'll audit um, every year. You just provide a list of your mum and dad's expenditure. You guys look after mum and dad. And if we see that you've stolen money from mum or dad or your uncle or your child, we will charge you because it is a criminal offence. Rape, murder, theft, gaining a financial advantage, isolation, drugging people. These are criminal acts. But under guardianship, it's deemed civil. No, they're criminal acts. But they're being treated as civil because there's no accountability. And, yeah. and as, as was discussed by Reverend Ralph as well, we, and we see this in Elaine, we see the same process. When you complain about all of this, you're complaining to the system that's actually made the decision. So this Caesar-judging Caesar approach, where you're you're complaining to the system and they review their own decisions and they'll send you back a letter saying, there's nothing to see here, signed by the person who made the original decision. Um, There you go. It's it's dangerous. I mean, I I don't like harping on on, on the, the Holocaust and all of that, but when you look at Germany, you look at what they call Hitler's courts and you look at the structure of that, there was no review, there was no any of that. The the tribunals and this process has the same system, this self-review process, no accountability, no real account, no independent oversight Um, and you don't see that and it's not about, look our little group, we're, we're just trying to, we're pushing along we're speaking to politicians. We're trying to change this in in a civilised manner, as civilised as we can. And it's, and it's hard. There are days I go to bed and I just think, and I think of a case that I just witnessed, and I think, you know, how is, how is this actually happening? How did I not know it was happening? I didn't know about it because it's not talked about. And that's why we've made those changes with ASGAR. Um, our Facebook group has been suspended, as you know, and the reason we did that you know people's private information was being used against them in tribunals and we can't we can't have that we've got the blog going up now we've got um, a slideshow from start to end proving how this system happens if people don't want to believe it it's their cognitive bias it's not you look at facts you look at stories people are scared to speak there's a lady who's texting me now as, as we're live, and she's saying, I'm too scared to speak out, Chris. They're too scared to speak to you, Marty. Um, they speak yes. to me and I speak to you via them. It shouldn't be this way. We shouldn't, you know, gag orders. Who gags a victim. Right. So the victim? So the predator has yeah. the right to speak, but the victim doesn't. Oh, it's madness. It's like this world yeah, it, has it just is. turned upside down. Yeah.
3: Ralph, Elaine, what do you think?
0: Um, I agree.
3: <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, it, it, Look, I I I I maintain they have. This is actually a criminal racketeering that's going on. They put a label on it as civil so that you can't get any kind of authorities involved. On, and the truth of the matter is, it, it just it just gives the authorities uh, a, an excuse to give you because they're really part of the problem as well. They, you know, they don't want to help and. Um, just, I don't know, it's just a, it's a real shame. If you are a target, it's like there's no way out. It's, it's like a maze without an exit. I hate to say it. Um, I'm, you know, it's just a horrible, horrible thing that's going on, and we, they, they've turned human beings, you know, it's, all we are is accounts. We are business accounts. that We're not human beings to these people. These people don't have any conscience. You are a all these guardian people, they are accounts, no different than if you have a credit card and somebody works at a at a a, an instit- a banking institution, it's an account. that's all and that's all these people are. You're an account. They do not care about your life. all they care about is your money. That's it. You are You are the, an ATM machine to them. Yep.
2: this, this is Ralph. Yes, it's it's a terrible shame that when the government that's uh in this country 32 trillion dollars in debt thinks they know more about how to run your life, that is just absolutely insane. Uh I I wouldn't want to hire an accountant that doesn't uh know how to balance his books, and yet this is the problem that these uh sadists uh they there are no laws that restrict on what they can do. So it's, it's like if there was no law against somebody uh, coming into your house and taking what they want, which is basically what they're doing with your property and your life and your future. So this is, this is the most maddening part. They cannot be accused of doing something wrong because there are no laws that say they can't do it.
3: It's a kleptocracy they call it when the government's stealing from their own people, they call it a kleptocracy that's the name of it, and that's what they're doing. yeah, they write their own orders, and you know you have the criminals <laughs> running the running the country it's It's really sad, I mean, not every single person in the government, I'm not saying that, but just saying when you have a system this a system like the guardianships and these courts. Uh, so many of the people working there, if they are the criminals, well, you know, you got it's, – it's upside down, you know. Well,
2: well what's interesting – this is Ralph. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that you, you – uh, people have this general uh, – in, uh, all, in all of uh, law schools like Harvard, Princeton, and Yale. Well, if these people are so smart, they certainly know the problems of their own business – And I don't call it a system, because I don't call it the legal system, because a system has logic and intelligence behind it. This is a business, and the only purpose of a business is to make money. So, And the fact that these lawyers have to kiss the rear ends of these judges, otherwise they're not going to get decisions in their favor, especially with lawsuits. So you find in this country... Basically, 98% of lawyers now are charging by the hour because they're guaranteed their money. They don't care if their client wins or loses a situation. It's about getting the guaranteed money up front. And when the money runs out, they just kiss their clients goodbye because they don't want to tick off a judge because they may not get a favorable decision someday in a big lawsuit. So, again, it's, it's all about the corruption of the lawyers and the judges uh, and ignoring the problems they know exist in their own business.
0: Well, that's where it differs in Australia. It, it, it's it's not so much a lawyer thing. Um, I think we're trying to push this in a proper courtroom. That's where we, we're seeing in some states you're denied the right to have a lawyer. Um what we're seeing is in our case in in Australia so that's I think it's possibly more of a legal issue there you've got a system run by a lawyer and I'm not saying that lawyers don't benefit here in Australia they do because you have to hire sometimes a lawyer to get out of it in some states but really you're actually denied the right to legal representation in some states some of the members they're not judges in, in, in Australia you're not in front of a judge I would love to be in front of a judge I I've attended a few, um, we've got magistrates courts and county courts here and the Supreme Court and when you're up against these judges they've got really strict rules that they have to follow and rules of evidence and you actually, and it really is an evidence-based system which is great. The problem we have in Australia is that you're denied the right to go to a courtroom. There's this once a decision made in a tribunal, and the tribunal member does not have to be a lawyer, it could be me, it could be a social worker, it could be um, anybody, right? We've seen all of that. We've seen legal members, but we've seen others. Um, what we're seeing is that we're seeing this system where you're denied in Australia the right to actually go in front of a judge. And there is a level of independence here, even in, during the... The lockdowns the, the you know the supreme court made some really good rulings um, um in terms of human rights so there is still a we still have a human rights aspect in our courts thank god but you know actually getting to a courtroom could take years if, if if ever because your only right to appeal is a question of law and when your legislative arm of government is running this system and i always blame the state when they're running it and they actually write up these laws you know how hard it is to escape that system. And then when you're disabled, so you're vulnerable disabled, possibly dying, and you come up for a review, which is internal into the tribunal system, you're up against crown solicitors, not just your average solicitor, the top of the the state solicitors. I mean, the imbalance of power is so great. People either give up or suicide as we've seen, or just accept their fate. That is not acceptable from Asgard's point of view that is not acceptable to have that imbalance of power and in injustice it is wrong it 's not a crime to be disabled it 's not a crime to get old it 's not a crime to, to 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 you know nominate somebody else in your family if you don 't feel you know you 're being looked after it 's crazy
1: well, you know the Thank thing you. is too, uh you talk about. <laughs> You know, it, the, the different levels of these courts. But tribunals here, probate is set up the same way. It's nearly impossible to get out of probate and into a civil court. So all of this stuff where they keep saying it's a civil matter, it's a civil matter. No, it isn't. That's the probate court. No, it is not. <clears throat> and uh, so which way is it? You know, there's it's a whole system of smoke and mirrors and trickery. And that's
0: all it is. And um, probate I tribunals here don't have to, court. to... Say what? Yeah, I, we want these matters to go into a, a proper courtroom, even if yeah. they start off in a lower courtroom. If they start off in a magistrate's courtroom, in a division of that, that, that <coughs> that's the problem. Initially, guardianship matters were heard at the <laughs> Supreme Court level. We didn't have these huge issues um, that we do right. now. Um, these matters are now going into the tribunals, and anyone can be targeted. That it needs to be reversed on its head, and there is a need for guardianship. There is a need for some people to, you know, that family members need to be looked after. I feel sorry for those that have no family. You can just only right. we have a few members that that that, that call me um, and just say, are "You still there, Christine? You know, I'm, I'm you know I'm on my own." Da da da. It's so sad that these indiv- and, and they do need. Uh, an administration order because they are vulnerable, and if you remove the order from them, then you have these, you know, private people, their neighbours, or who have you around them who will rip them off. We've seen that. Yes. We've seen people who need protection. The only option that they have, unfortunately, is the state, which in itself ignores them and neglects them and just charges them whopping fees, um, and that's not working. And that's not not a system that is um, from, you know, looking after these individuals from a human rights perspective. Or you have the situation where you have children and you might have one child that's a bit of a rat (laughs) bag, but you've got two or three others that are more than capable and they're being denied the right because the system is competing. They want everyone removed. They want to take over you, Marty or me, take your identity and do what they want with it. And in our case, probably euthanize us um, and go. that's the there scary right part you can be killed yep. <laughs> you can actually yep. legally be euthanized because that yep. guardian has the right to remove all your, all fluids all life sustaining yep. measures Yep. and it's legal yep <laughs> it's
1: listen legal, I got about four minutes here religion. yeah I had about four yep. minutes um, Elaine and Reverend Ralph uh, you want to take a little bit and with an ending statement here, Elaine, well, you go
2: first.
3: Oh, I just, I, I think we really touched on the issue that what they have done, this guardianship. There's no doubt that it is, it, it is a criminal, a criminal issue. It is they are taking when you, when someone's taking your liberty, whether it's for a nursing home or or a prison. Uh, you know, it's got to be the same standard. shadow of beyond the shadow of a doubt. They can't. You can't have people coming in just taking over your life. And and you know, it, certainly when you have family, that should never even be considered. Uh, right. You know, it's got to be your family. Um, I, I really feel for you know everybody out there who's going through this. I went through it through the family courts. It's a different. It's it's a little bit different, but same similar tactics. Right. I don't want to take. It. Um, anyway, thanks for having me, Morgan. G. I. Thank you for coming
1: on tonight, Elaine. To-
3: my um, best, to um, everybody. I feel so bad, but go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Ralph. Okay, okay
2: thank you, Reverend Ralph. Uh, yeah, two quick things. Uh, we were talking about how the uh, people in this country are expendable uh, and euthanasia. In Japan, uh, the government is offering older people money to uh, commit suicide because it's so so expensive to keep them alive. The government is saying to Japan, well, we'll give you this big wad of money that you can have a good time with for a couple of weeks, and then at the end of it, you agree to be euthanized. So that shows you how little a country thinks of its own people, that they're bribing them to kill themselves. Number two, quickly, uh, we talked about You know, uh, guardianship and what they're doing is a crime, but it's being dismissed as a civil matter. Well, uh, by definition, when a group of people are organized to commit a crime, that's called uh, a racket. And what they're doing is called racketeering. And that comes under a prosecution in this country under RICO, the federal law law. that uh, that prosecutes those type of situations, which has been used to prosecute people in the mafia or motorcycle gangs. So anybody that says, oh, it's just a civil matter when a judge and lawyers and guardians are all working together and it's just a civil matter, no, it's RICO. It's a federal crime. Thank you.
1: All right. This has been a good show. Chris, thank you for calling in from Australia. We appreciate thank that.
3: You, thank you, guys. Thank
1: you, But we will be back next week. And just a reminder to everybody, these shows are sponsored by Shenanigans in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, on Facebook, and they're brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and Whistleblower's Life. So um, with that said, we are now streaming live and in archive on uh, as near as we can tell about 24 different streaming platforms, and um, so we're all over the place. And by the way, a couple of weeks ago, Chris, just so you know, we rated number one on Spotify in Australia. Ta-da. Anyway. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <Fantastic> <laughs> so thank you to everybody anybody. over there. Yes, it was, too. Um, and I want to thank everybody over there for that. But anyway, we will be back next Friday. Reverend Ralph will be here. Elaine, if you want to join in, feel welcome. Sure. Chris, you mm-hmm. too. <laughs> and everybody Thank thanks, thanks for tuning in. And and have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Good night. Good night.